think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody. I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to just bring you guys again another episode, another edition, and another moment to just get better in faith, grow in Christ, and grow in servant leadership. And we have an amazing servant leader with us today. I've been following him for a while. We've been conversing back and forth just on this mission for Christ. He's just an amazing servant leader. He is the pastor of Impact Church, He's a sports fanatic, guys. I got to throw it out there for him. Uh, he just yeah. truly is a sports fanatic for this being a sports platform. And he also is the host of his own pa- um, podcast that you guys check out, The Great Mornings Podcast. We have minister, pastor, podcast host, James Earl Cray with us today. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, that name, I'll tell you right now, Pastor, your name just throws me, man. How you have the last name Cray, so you know today is about to be Cray. I thank you for being here. I'm going to allow you to say hello to our listeners and we get this conversation started. Yo, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Coach Chelsea. Um, it means a lot to be here with me. As she mentioned, I'm ready. I'm hype. I'm an athlete. Um, I love sports, so that, that just turns me up, man. Anytime, anytime the lights come on, like we say. So, listen, I'm pumped. I'm ready. And uh, I just appreciate every listener. I think this is beautiful. The merging of, of athletics and um, our faith is just unbelievable. So this platform is needed. and uh, We're ready to get to it. For sure. For those of you all that have missed our first, uh, you know, couple of evenings, the Lord laid on my heart to do the fruit of the spirit uh, in servant leadership, taking a look at all of those things that he Request us to embody as servant leadership. So we've taken a look at love and joy. Uh, we kind of flipped them a little bit. We have kindness today. And in this world that we live in, I think it's so important. Of course, naturally coming from Galatians, if you're taking a look at it, Galatians uh, 5, and 23, where he tells us about the fruit of the spirit. So Pastor Cray is just going to talk to us a little bit about kindness. And then once he gets finished, we're going to go back and forth a little bit. And, co- you know, I keep saying coach because I feel that there's just something in you. I've heard you talk your sports game, but pass ahead <laughs> and just bless us with whatever the Lord has laid on your heart. And then we'll we'll come back in and reel it in. So on you, man. Cool, cool. I appreciate it again, Coach Chelsea. Um, listen, I'm, I'm super stoked and excited about this. And uh, it's, it's so easy because this is what I do. So preaching and sports are the two things that I do. So that makes it a lot easier for me. But just wrestling with this and thinking about where where God wanted to take me and what that would look like, um, God just led me to kind of making the word kindness an acronym, right? So I was thinking about how do we merge because I'm looking at, you know, the writings and trying to figure out, you know, what what made Paul, what encouraged Paul, what pressed Paul to 
to come up and lay out the, this fruit of the spirit. And it made sense, you know, it's been a wrestle theologically, it's been a wrestle within denominations of what gives us evidence of having God's spirit, right? We, we, we've talked about this for years, decades, centuries of what, what's the evidence of God's spirit. Some declare that you got to speak in tongues to have the evidence of God's spirit. And others, like myself, look directly to this scripture, and it lays out the evidence of having the, the fruit of the spirit of the Lord. So I got kindness, and what I wanted to do is try to merge the two, um, thinking about our faith and thinking about athletics and thinking about servant leadership, because this is a shout right here, right? Jesus was the ultimate servant leader. The Bible says it's, I mean, it can't be laid out any simpler, that he came to serve and not be served. So he's the ultimate servant leader. And I just wanted to kind of merge these ideas, the servant leader, our athletics, and our faith. And this is what I got for kindness. So I got the K. And this is going to, the first one is going to throw everybody off, right? Because the K is for karma. And I started thinking about this. I was like, God, why would you share with me karma, right? Because we take the word karma and we instantly think of it negative. But the word karma is a translated word from a language called Sanskrit, right? And the word is actually translated action. So karma only means action. And other, other religious practices like Hindu and Buddhist, they kind of gave us the idea that we get karma. So we think karma, what goes around comes around, but we typically think negative. But all karma is, is the action and the result that you get out of what you put in. So when I think about serving leaders, when I think about leaders that's working in serving athletics, when I think about all of us as leaders, when I think of us as faith leaders, karma is number one in kindness. Karma is you get what you get out of what you put in. The basic principle of scripture, you reap what you sow. So karma is the first is the first letter and K for us in servant leadership, thinking about our faith, thinking about athletics. Athletes, what you put in is what you get out. Faith leaders, what you put in is what you get out. Servant leaders, what you put in is what you get out. So the first K is karma. And then the I in kindness, identity, right? You have to be able to identify not only who you are, but what are you called to? So it's, it's hard and tough to be a servant leader when you don't know which area you're called to serve. It's kind of like me, right? I was a football player, but I played tennis in ninth grade. I was an alternate for the state team, but tennis absolutely was not what I was called to play. I was called to be a football player. That would be the rock to get me a scholarship, to get me to college, get my school paid for. But if I would have tried to overdo it and serve in tennis, I would have missed out on the call and the purpose, which would align my life to where I am today. And so many times as servant leaders, we have a heart to serve, a passion to serve, but some people are serving in the wrong lane. And you got to be able to identify not just who you are, but identify the area that you've been called to serve. You're most effective when you can identify where you've been called to serve. That's the I am kindness. Identify. The first N in kindness is noble. Listen to this. This is the definition of noble. Having or showing fine personal qualities, but here's the part I like, or high moral principles and ideas. That's what servant leadership is about. That's what coaching is about. That's what being an effective athlete is about. That's what our faith is about. Our faith 
coaching, being a successful athlete, all those things are wrapped in having high moral principles. You got to have high moral principles to be effective and successful at any of these things that we just mentioned. Your life, you got to have and set high moral principles for yourself to be successful. Everything about serving the kingdom is about morals and principles. Everything about being a servant leader in the community is about morals and principles. Everything about coaching, about athletics, it's about morals and principles. We see the ones that break morals but are still good at what they do. They don't sustain. They don't last a long time. And the encouragement that I have for all of you when we think of this end, when we think of noble, is making sure you set morals for yourself, high morals, and that you live up to those morals, those ideas, and those principles. That's noble. That's the end. The D in kindness is decency. Listen to me, every athlete that's listening and watching. Listen to me, every faith-based leader that's listening and watching. Listen to me, every coach, every servant leader. This is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. And But we should be sure to do everything properly and in order. Another translation said we should do everything in decency and in order. I talk about this all the time with marketing in church. Right? I'm big on marketing, the ministry. And I always give this example of these two flyers. When I was in college, there was a, there was a party for Captain Alpha Psi. He was getting ready to have a party. Um, the rival fraternity. I'm a member of 587 Fraternity Incorporated, the greatest fraternity on the face of the earth, right? So the campus was Come like on a, here, rival, Pastor. Come on a here. really nice flyer. Uh, yeah, I gotta, let them, I gotta let them know, right? I gotta let them know. So they, they had these two flyers. There was a flyer for a revival and then there was a flyer for the campus party. I looked at the flyer for the campus party. It was in gloss print. It was double-sided. It had nice images on it. Then I looked at the one for the revival. It had a little clip art church with a cross at the top. The word revival was misspelled. All the typing was in 12 font. It was on 12 inch bond paper. Horrible. And I looked at, this is why people are going to go to the capital party and not go to the revival. What am I saying? We are called to do things from our marketing to the way we operate in our services and the way we order our practices to how we carry ourselves when we go to our jobs, our careers. We're called to do everything. Here it is, decent and in order. So the D in kindness is decency. You'll, go, you'll find that decency and order will go a long ways in your leadership and your leadership style. So the D is decency. The next N in kindness, simple, two-letter word, learn it. No, no. Leaders, you have to adopt this word in your vocabulary. And not just have it in your vocabulary, but you got to exercise the word no. Too many of us take the term servant too far. Serving does not mean overexert yourself or overextend yourself. Again, while we go back to the I in kindness about identity and identifying what lane you're supposed to be in so that you don't overstretch or overexert yourself. Many of us as leaders, we believe that because we're servant leaders, we're community leaders, we're faith-based leaders, we're leaders in our career, that we can't say no. But you got to learn to say no because here's the reality, leaders. If you're not healthy, you're not good for nobody. And a lot of times we become unhealthy 
because we say yes to everything and we kill ourselves with the yes when we can be healthy by saying no. So the end is no. Learn that word and use it. Activate that word. Tell people, no, I can't do it this time. No, I'm not available this time. No, I can't go that route this time. Those things will carry you a long way in your servant leadership. The, the next E is effective. Effective. I want you to listen to this quote from John Maxwell. He said, leadership determines the level of effectiveness of a person. Leadership determines the level of effectiveness of a person. John Maxwell, leadership guru, told us this, that servant leaders, coaches, athletes, career leaders, faith-based leaders, your leadership this is heavy, will determine the effectiveness of the people around you. Jeez. So you have a responsibility to the effectiveness of people based on your level of leadership. As to why, going back, that's why saying no is so important. That's why doing things decent and in order is so important. That's why being noble and identity, and that's why karma is so important because there's a load on us as leaders that the effectiveness of those we lead depends on our leadership. So, so the E is effective. The first S is salvation. Right? This is twofold. Because I believe spiritually, number one, that the greatest leaders are those that have received soul salvation. Can't nobody argue that. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't allow anybody to argue any differently. I personally believe that salvation, spiritual salvation, those people that have that spiritual salvation are the greatest leaders. But here's why it's twofold, though. Because the second side of this, leaders, especially coaches, right? You guys and ladies are responsible, whether you know it or not, for somebody's life. Every coach, if you will be honest with yourself, every player, you've seen a coach that has literally or figuratively saved somebody's life. Right? I think about it right now for my own life. My high school football coach, Neil Graham, probably helped along with my mother save my life. Because if, if it wouldn't have been for athletics, I don't know if I would have went to college. I probably would have ended up in the street trying to hustle, trying to make fast money, and maybe even in a grave right now. A lot of athletes, you will hear them when they finally make it to the pros. They talk about those coaches that impact their lives, that save their lives. Leaders, salvation is the first S, not only spiritual salvation, but what you do carries such a heavy responsibility that not only do we have the ability to affect people's effectiveness, but we have the ability to metaphorically and sometimes literally save somebody's life. Teachers, educators, every servant leader, coaches, faith-based leaders, pastors, preachers, all of us, whether we know it or not, there's a kid right now whose life could be at the wit's end, who's watching you in the way you serve and your life and your servant leadership can be what saves their life. So the first S is salvation. And the last letter, the last S is servant. The last S is servant. Here are three things that I jotted down when I thought about serving. Servants encourage diversity, right? We're not just in this for one particular ethnic background. I'm not just a leader to black people. I'm not just a leader to men. 
I'm a leader to Caucasians. I'm a leader to Hispanics. I'm a leader to, to those that are, are, are Asian. I'm a leader to men, to women. We got to encourage diversity, right? Here's the second thing I jotted down. Servants not only encourage diversity, but servants create a culture. Stephen A. Smith says something today that, that, that just rocked my world, right? I was watching First Take this morning, and they was asking him, did he believe that Kawhi Leonard, who just re-signed with the Los Angeles Clippers, he, he, he asked him, do you believe that Kawhi Leonard will win a championship as a Clipper? And Stephen A. said this. He said, I love Kawhi. He's already a champion, but Kawhi is not a culture creator. That thing made me pause. And I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. When he was in San Antonio, the culture was already set. Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Pop, they had already established a culture. When he got to Toronto, won a championship in Toronto, the culture was already established. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry was there. They had a great coaching staff. People talk about that. People talk about that Raptors team as if they was trash when Kawhi got there. The boys had been to the Eastern Conference Finals. They just couldn't get over the LeBron hump, but but they were not trash. And Kawhi walked into a culture. And now in with the Clippers, he has to create a culture and he hasn't been able to do that. And the point that I'm making is that as servant leaders, we have to be able to create culture. You got to be able to establish a culture where you are. And here's the third thing that I wrote down. Unselfish mindset. Cultures are created when servant leaders have unselfish mindsets. Here's the things. This is the word kindness for me. K, karma. I, identity. N, noble. D, decency. N, no. E, effective. S, salvation. And S for servant. This is how I lay out the word kindness. And when I think of the fruit of the spirit and this particular fruit, kindness, these are the things in regards to embodying, embodying our faith, our athletics, and our servant leadership. I believe they're masked into these identif identifiers of the word kindness. You know you done blew me away, right? <laughs> Sitting over here with my carpet tunnel trying to get all these things down. And I think, I don't even know where to begin, right? Because I never know how Christ is going to direct or move his servant, right? That's not my place to know. But it always comes in the place and time that it should, right? right. Because you not only tapped into the athlete, the spiritual leaders, that as we approach going back to school, the principals, the administration, the educators, the coaches, you tapped into every single individual. And there's so many things and layers that can be peeled back, right? We live in a world right now with kindness. Unfortunately, what seems so easy, right? A above all what Christ has said, he called us to love him with all our heart, mind, and soul, right? But he also said to love your neighbor. Love neighbor kindness but unfortunately that seems like one of the hardest things to do and today you've broken down that word so eloquently right you started with karma and i want to start there and i'm not going to go through every single letter right 
But you started with karma. And I love that because when people hear that word karma, you're right. They think that karma only works in a negative connotation. But it goes both ways. That what you put in, you get out. I need to pause you for a second because I shared one of your videos. I tell you guys, and we're going to talk about this a little bit before we leave today. He has so many hats that he wears, right? But the brother knows the word. And I was looking on the page and you had a small clip of one of your messages that you gave about basically sowing in the soil. And I need you. I have, I mean, I have to give it to you. I know we're talking about kindness, but when you mention karma and that you get out what you put in, I need you to just give them a small little movie trailer, a small little clip of just what you were trying to get across to your members when you talked about sowing in that soil. I hope you know which message I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's several of them. So the, this, this, is the idea, this is what I know to be true. The principle is absolutely true. And the principle was laid out and inspired by God. The principle is you reap whatever you sow, right? So my encouragement has been to the congregations that I serve is that once you put something in the soil, then you're guaranteed to get something out of the soil. It, what comes out of the soil is determined by what you put in. And so many times we point the fingers at everything else except for what we put in. So it's, it's not the soil's fault. It's not the fertilizer's fault. It's not the people that's watching what you grow's fault. It depends and is determined by what we put in the ground. So my encouragement has always been to people that we that the principle can't change. If we shout over scriptures and we celebrate over scriptures, like he'll never place more on me than what I can bear, or he'll never leave me nor forsake me. If God be for me, who can be against me? We gotta also shout over the principle and the law. This is all. My granddaddy was a farmer, and I tell people this all the time. My granddaddy was a black farmer, and I watched my granddaddy farm, and I watched my granddaddy put in and literally get out what he put in and so my encouragement is the same thing scripturally biblically in church in our athletics at your career coaching whatever style of leadership it is what you put in is what you're gonna get out for all the coaches that's listening right now you can't expect to get the best out of your best player if you don't instill and pour into your best player ain't gonna happen so we literally get out what we get in. That's what karma is really about. We made karma bad because we always associate what goes around, comes around, as if you do me wrong, you're going to get wrong. But what about when I do you right? I'm going to get right. So karma is the action and the result of what we put in. That was golden. Because I'm telling you, when I listen to it, it reminded me of my grandfather, like it did, rest his soul, that was my dude, right? And it was the same thing. It was the same thing. We, you know, grew up on the weekends, staying out there, out in the country, and he did. He had his garden, he had his animals, all those things. So I always am thankful that I grew up as a tweener, is what I say. Most people look at me, oh, you're a young buck, you. And I'm like, no, but I grew up in the age where when you go outside, you're going to stay outside till I tell you to come in because you're not going to let my air out, right? I, I, I grew up watching my <laughs> in the field. You know what I'm talking about. And I grew up watching him in the yeah. field and he would harvest what he put in. But I remember him sowing the seed. I remember him going out there every single day 
working in the garden to ensure that he had a harvest that came in. But another element to that, which I'm sure your grandfather did as well, I truly believe this wasn't the case, but I believe that my grandparents had a community garden. That's what I thought. That wasn't a case. That was their garden. But what they would do is when he would harvest the greens, the tomatoes, the peppers, all of those things that were in the garden, and he would take them to my grandmother so that she could clean the greens, okay? Clean them. If not, go get them frozen or something, but clean the greens, cut them up small and cook them for dinner. She would then bag them up, pass them back to my grandfather. My grandfather would take my brother and say, let's go. And they would go and pass it out to people in need. And I start to think about that because why, when we think about position of leadership and purpose, you then started to talk about identifying what you're called to do. I can assure you that sometimes we miss what God has called us to do because we don't feel or believe that that position is powerful or it's not one that is in the limelight. Mm-hmm. I can assure you when my grandfather drove those bags of greens, there wasn't Facebook to put out there and show what he was doing. There wasn't Instagram and Twitter to try to highlight what he was doing. He did it because that's what God called them to do. He did it because my grandmother said that that's what you're supposed to do is help serve your brother and your sister. So when I think about all of those things that are involved, every segment of that word kindness, that's kindness. That's kindness. We don't do it for the show of man. We don't do it for approval of man. We do it because we reap what we sow. And that's powerful, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I, when you say that, I think of the scripture, um, and he will open up the windows of heaven and pour us out blessings that we don't have. Come on. enough to receive. And I just think about the same thing. My grand, my grandmother was really the same way. Like, my grandfather would bring in the crop, the harvest, and it would be so much. It was mostly like snap peas and stuff for us, right? So my grandma would have all these bags of snap peas, and we would take them down to my aunt's house, and we were or my great aunt's house, and we would take them to this person, and we would give them to this person. It was the overflow, right? And so many of us pray and ask God for overflow, but God is not going to give overflow to people that are not willing to serve other people with their overflow. Come right? on. My, my, I, I, told, I told him this morning in prayer, I said, listen, I want God to blow my mind financially. I want God to quadruple what I desire for wealth, not because I want a new fancy car, not because I want to wear labels, but I want to be the greatest philanthropist to ever come out of my hometown, period. I don't want nobody in my hometown to ever give out more money than I give out. That's why I believe God is going to bless me with the overflow. God will not give overflow to people that are not willing to serve others with their overflow, period, period. I'm sitting over here throwing stuff and I'm trying not to. And I, I keep telling people, right? There's certain people that come on here and you know, <laughs> old country girl, and you know, we throw stuff at folk that start speaking real good. And as the old folks say, talk good. But that is, yeah. the, I, I used to always tell my godmother and I still do is like, I want to do something big, right? And I never knew exactly what, right? When it was like, well, what do you want to do big? It's like, well, I don't know, but understand the word big. What I'm saying is I don't want it for me. I don't want it for self-gain. I want to be placed in a position, as you say, of overflow so that I am in a position to bless others, to help others, to 
to move. And it's so amazing when I think about even these podcasts and these conversations and these coaches Bible studies, because even if it's one or 60, right? It's the simple fact that it's not for me. It's because even Jesus left the 99 for the one. So even if that one person who was about to give up or stop or, you know, forget who he is, something may have happened so bad that it's like, believe anymore even if that one person hears this conversation even today to help us better lead that's the portion and you said it and that takes us being noble like i i just said i wasn't gonna go through all your words but it's tying in together it takes us being noble right mm-hmm. it's not about us and i think that's the biggest thing in leadership and servant leadership yeah, where there's yeah. a difference i was asked the question what's the difference and i believe that there's many differences i think that's the biggest one right? The job of that servant leader is to serve and to recognize it's not about me. I'm, I'm reminded of this meme uh, and I bring it up, you know, here and there because it, it hits me so powerfully. It was on Easter and I, you know, we're on Twitter and we're on social media and things are shared often. And it said, you know, a lot of times we ask friends and family members certain questions like if you had 24 hours to live, would you spend your last day? And the guy said to the meme, it baffles me that Christ knew he had 24 hours left to live and he chose to serve. And that thing took me out. It took me out. We say things like, you know, oh, I go to this restaurant. I go spend this money. But Jesus Christ knew and he chose to serve. And portion right there was, is the best example and way and scenario that I can explain a leader and a servant leader. Wow. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. That's that, that's good. That yeah. Is good. yeah. It, th- it threw me, man. I know. I'm going to give you a minute to just soak that one in. Yeah. It threw me. And it still does. And it, it helps me. Yeah, yeah that, that was good, man. I ain't never thought of it like that. That's good. It helps me in my day-to-day. You know, as you are a pastor, you are so many hats, right? I can list off, right? And a lot of these things that you've spelled out to the athlete, to the minister, to the spiritual leader of all different realms, to the coaches, right? A lot of times, especially now, every single day, there is something, right? I don't care. You could have the best day possible. And when you open that email (laughs) or you look at a text message or somebody has said something that wasn't true about you, it makes it hard to leave. It truly does. When you're trying your hardest to give all you can, do all you can. And even though we know that God called us to be kind and have kindness as a servant leader, that's not always what's going to come to us. What encouragement that you can give to servant leaders as they're opening up the school year, as they're opening up their seasons, as they're trying to lead and do what's right. And as they're trying to do what's right, the enemy sees it, right? Because that's what happens. And it's trying to backtrack. Mm-hmm. What's some encouragement you can give for us to be able to be still and see the salvation of the Lord? This this is a really good question, actually. And uh, as you were speaking, this is all I could hear. Don't fear, right? Come on. My encouragement for for those that are that are opening schools back up, those that are going into athletics, walking into the classroom, sitting in administrative offices. My encouragement is don't fear, and this is why. We're at a stage right now where there's so many avenues to create fear. You've got 
COVID-19, Delta strain, creating fear. You got gun violence at an all-time high, even in school systems, reason to fear. You got people that are on the that, that are dealing with the residue of COVID-19 2020. And jobs are at stake, and people are, are losing retirement funds, and 401ks are shutting down. Reason to fear. There's, there's people right now who don't know if they should to send their children back to school, keep their children online, reasons to fear. So the only thing I can hear in encouragement is let this be a year for the rest of this year, a year not to fear. I know how deadly the virus is, but don't fear. Be cautious, be concerned, be aware, but don't be afraid. Whenever it, whenever it comes to your job, listen, these jobs now, they're not going to say it, but they need you as much as you need them. So don't fear. And if you lose the job, you got to trust the God of the job even beyond that. So don't fear. When you think about your children, trust in God. The same God that has brought your children this far, brought you this far, is the same God that's going to keep doing it. My encouragement to every leader, servant leader, every lead leader, every administrator, every coach, every teacher, every pastor, any every community activist, don't fear. Walk in strength, walk in courage. Here's the scripture. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of a sound mind and of courage. Walk in courage, walk in a sound mind. Don't fear. You know what you know. You're gifted for what you're called to do. You've been edu- Many of you have been educated for what you're doing. You, you, know, you know the ramifications of the virus, but you know also what you can do to prevent it. So follow those measures and don't fear. Trust God. Don't fear. That, that's the encouragement I got. I think that's right on time. You know, as I, I mean, that's even our own time word for me. As our students began to approach um, here for me in Tallahassee on Wednesday, you know, as educators, we've been back at it for, yeah. and you know, at a day, but they come Wednesday. And I think that's amazing. You said it best. God didn't call us to fear. Now, yes, be cautious. But we're not supposed to live in fear. And that's a great reminder for what is, you know, relevant right now and prevalent right now. I think that's amazing. I, I, right. I, I also believe that that's attached to something amazing that you said for those that kind of tapped in and missed that portion. Um, you know, one of the final S's, not to skip everything else, because I'm going to come back to one that's so important that I think we all as servant leaders need to hear. But you talked about being the servant and you talked about three entities to that. Well, one of the ones that I love so much is you said servants are culture creators. I'm reminded of servant leader, Willie Spears. I bring him up often. That is my brother. He is amazing. He's a speaker, coach, all this. And he makes me laugh to my core. But he always talks about winning at home. Mm. He says, we always strive to be the best leader out in the open gain the position, climb the ladder, right? But are you winning at home, right? You, you saving and helping people out there, but are you winning at home? But one of the other things he talks about is creating a culture, right? And he says that if I come into your gym and I see rat droppings, I don't have to know that rats were there. The evidence is there. And it hit me, it's powerful. Those are the things that when you all speak, it sticks with me. I know in future calls, things that you are saying today are going to stick with me. When I think about a lot of our 
leaders, right? Our spiritual leaders. And, and the amazing part of where I am, and I'm sure everywhere else, but I can only attest, a lot of the leaders in my life, they, coaches, educators, I was blessed that they were also men and women of the cloth. So not only did you get leadership, right? And they were gonna get you together, but they also know the man, right? And so as they implement their new school years, they begin at their new schools. Can you talk a little bit about us being servant leaders and how we create that culture and how we create that culture to remove us out of the way, but make sure it's infused with Christ. Rolls up for a second. Okay. Could you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Okay. Did you hear my, my, my full question? I did. Okay. I got you. I'll run it back. So basically I was saying I was blessed and we still are blessed in my area to have a lot of leaders who are men and women of the cloth, but they're also administrators of schools, right? And for some of them, this is their first year, right? But not just schools, but a programs. You know how it is every off season where you start to see those coaches get new teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we ensure as servant leaders that we're creating a culture that that is not of me, right? That I can move out of the way, but to create a culture that God is in the midst, right? How can we do that? So, so I, I want to kind of um, rebuttal just a little piece of what you said, right? So I'm I'm gonna start here, and then I'm gonna kind of build my way toward it because I think this is a really good question. So when I first started preaching, I kind of followed the model that I've seen of other people, and I would even pray like them. So before I come up and preach, you know, preachers say a prayer, and I will always pray and be like. Um, and you'll hear a lot of preachers say this. I, always, I would always be like, God, um, decrease me so that you, I decrease that you should increase. Move, put me, hide me behind the cross, right? All those things, because those things sounded like it was the humble thing to do, right? So, Lord, I decrease that you increase. Hide me behind the cross. Let the people see you and not me, right? Here is, here is what I learned over time. That if God didn't want the people to see me and hear me, God would have never called me to be the vessel. So God wanted my personality, my charisma, and the way my style, swag, whatever term the kids use, God wanted all those things to relay God's message. This is what I'm saying to every coach that needs to create culture. You don't have to move out of the way. God called you so that your DNA is on whatever program you're a part of. Come you on. The culture around the person you are. I'm a believer that your players, those that follow you, your staff, they should have your DNA. So if I can't show up, you step right in and we don't miss a beat. So if 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 I if if I'm if I get tossed out the game because I spiritually said something to the referee, then you can step right in and carry on because you have my DNA on you. I don't want you to be identical, but I want you to have my DNA. Kobe, Kobe Bryant and Jordan, right? Everybody has these comparisons. I've been studying this. I'm doing a, I'm planning on doing like a pop-up uh, leadership masterclass, right? And my leadership masterclass is based on three leaders, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. And a lot of people talk Kobe and Jordan, and they say Kobe mimicked Jordan, right? That he's like the carbon copy of Jordan. 
But when you think about this, Kobe didn't mimic Jordan. He just had Jordan's DNA. There's so much about Kobe that's different than Michael. He just had his DNA. And his and having Michael's DNA and Michael being his mentor, it all makes sense to me now. When I listen to Michael at Kobe's memorial say how Kobe would call him at 2 in the morning and how Kobe would ask him questions, it made sense to me. Kobe wasn't mimicking him. That was his mentor, so he had his mentor's DNA. What does that even mean? All of us have a mentor in heaven, and we should have the DNA of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if we have the DNA of Christ and carry out the, because we'll never be Jesus, but we got the DNA. So that means that the system, the godly system is set up that whoever follows you will also have your DNA. Some people right now that are, that are in a congregational church that I preach at, some of my, some of my boys that I mentor and train, they can talk just like me. Sometimes you hear them, they'll say stuff that I say. It's no different than a person that comes from Georgia, moves to New York, and we listen to people talk, you know, in that New York, uh, in that New York slang, in that New York ebonics, and, and then you start sounding like them. It's just a matter of getting DNA. So I would encourage every person that has a program that's creating culture, don't be afraid to be the face of your program. Don't be afraid to be the face of the creator of, of the culture. God has called you to be in that position. As to why, going back to identity, it's so important to know your lane. Because if you try to be the face of something that you are not called to, you will, you will tear down or destroy the whole program. That's why you have coaches that go into places that cannot carry a program because they're trying to be the face of something that they were never called to. You got to identify. Here's the perfect example. And I'm going to share up because I go on days, right? Bill Jackson is one of the greatest basketball coaches in the history of basketball, but he was a horrible whatever he was in New York. General manager, player development, why was he that? That was never his call. That was not his lane. His lane he had already identified for decades was a coach as to why he got nearly 10 championships as a coach. And the moment he tried to step into personnel and upper administration, he almost ruined the next organization. You gotta know your lane and identity is so important. And that's how you create culture by identifying number one, this is the place I'm supposed to be and being okay with that place having your DNA. I can't with you. I can't. <laughs> Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, you meet me on a level and I'm telling you, that's how I knew when God said, go ahead and reach out to him. It wasn't shocking to me because I meet you on the level of sports, of course, but also meet you on a level of understanding and, and hearing the word of God. And so that is why it's so powerful, right? Because literally, and you can't talk long for me. There's never a long run I answer. I'm telling you right now, when as the old folks say, when you're talking good. So don't worry about that part, right? But I think that's, I think that's so important. important. You know, I love Christine Kane. Everyone that watches me, listens to the podcast, knows me, knows that I love Christine Kane. I do. I love so many different, there's so many different leaders that I listen to that help me, that I listen to. But Christine Kane is just it sometimes because she breaks it down in such a way that I can understand. You do that as well. Wow. And one of the things that she says is that a lot of times, she said, I want y'all to understand that we are God's love letter. We are God's love letter. 
And if you recognize that, when people read it, what are they reading? She tapered away. I know I'm gonna let that one sink in on you for a second. Then she tapered down again and she said, many of us miss the call of God, just like you say. We can identify with it because we're trying to serve a different area code. She said, it's so funny we want to be up here and we can't even handle down here. Wow. What good are we as servant leaders if I'm hanging around the same core that understands and knows who Christ is? Yes, iron sharpens iron, but the fact of the matter is there's some iron over here that we need to sharpen and introduce to the sharp edge. Right. We miss it because we're ser- we're, we're worried about, I want to be in Beverly Hills. Mm. About I want to be in a place where millions of people follow me. But mm. what about those 20 people or those five faithful people following you? That's where God called you to be. Wow. And we, we, we wonder why we're not succeeding mm-hmm. to that coach that maybe bypasses and say, I, I want to look for the huge big time D1 job first. Right. Fine. And that's good. But did God call you there or did he call you here, but you missed the mark because you wanted the big time look, you wanted the big, and I think that was so amazing that you pulled in that fact about Phil Jackson, because the simple fact is this, when God calls you to something, he will make you great when you're obedient and where he called you to be. you. You don't have to exalt yourself. He will exalt you, but here's the thing: He can't exalt you if you didn't, he didn't fi- if he can't find you where he left you. Think about it. Yeah. Don't to tell us, and probably yours too, when we went in the store, don't touch nothing. <laughs> right? Don't you touch nothing? Don't ask for nothing, and you need to be right here. So if she knew where she left me, she's gonna come back and find me. How? Wow call you and exalt you when you're trying to be out of his will, out of his calling somewhere else. Wow. Out of 10, sorry, 10 times out of 10, the individuals in the Bible who were exalted mm-hmm. were where he called them to be. Right. And majority of the time, it wasn't in the pleasantries of places. It was in the field. Mm-hmm. Come on here. It was in the crowd chasing the hymn. Yeah. Come on here. It was at the well. So if you can right. understand and identify where he's called you to be, he will exalt you where you are. And I think that's amazing. Come on here. Don't get me <laughs> James. I try to tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's so good. You know, one of the things you also mentioned that was huge before we start to close out that I definitely want to make sure I pinpoint within your message. One of those ends, Right. Sorry, there's only one end. Look at me, the teacher can't spell. No, that's not true. What the second end was no, okay? And let me tell you, it reminds me of that. It floats around a lot too. And it says, you know, we're running on E and the reason why we're tired is because we're taking on things that wasn't our calling. Mm. Yes, the things, my line sister actually had shared something like this the other day. She said, you know, you're only tired and you're busy because you're not doing your assignment. If wow. you do what Christ called you to do, 
you wouldn't be tired or overwhelmed or overexhausted. Yeah. Sometimes FOMO, that failure to miss out, allows us to take on things that he didn't even ask us to take. Mm. Right? So can you talk a little bit about right. understanding the assignment, understanding what's mine, right? Because a person like me, I'm going to tell you, I am a caring person. Mm. And I truly had to learn to pray and ask God, is that for me? Yeah. Right? Sometimes I'll see things going on around me, but that doesn't mean that it's my job to step in. Talk right. to servant leaders about in saying no, how to recognize our assignment. Absolutely. I think there's several things into that, right? So um, I believe that there's a possibility to be overwhelmed in your assignment when you start doing too much within the assignment. What I mean by that is like me, for instance, I love preaching. I believe I'm called to do that called to be a pastor, but sometimes I got to say no to opportunities and to platforms and to assign, uh, to potential assignments because I got to focus in another area in God. There's some seasons where God wants me preaching everywhere, but then there's some seasons where God has me specifically for the people that he's allowed me to shepherd over. So I think we, again, this identity piece is so big because once you, once you identify, identify what you're called to do, the no's become easier because you're not, you're not afraid that you're going to lose where you are. So a lot of people say yes to everything because they think they're going to miss out on something. But when you are confident and you've identified the lane that you're supposed to be in, you know you're not going to miss out by saying no. You're just going to enhance what you got in alignment over here. And I think the biggest thing and the biggest key for this is that I'm going to lock in on the assignment that I have that God has given me. And here's, here's the struggle with a lot of coaches, right? I think you mentioned that earlier. It's not about getting to the Division One coaching job. I know it's potentially a six-figure job. I know the money could be great, but is the money really great when you when you got to spend more time away from your family now? You got to you got to deal with knuckleheads who got scholarships who think that they're in a better position than you are, and now your livelihood is dependent on kids eighteen to twenty-two. So is is that really better when you got the chance to establish? And if you're a high school coach, a young kid's life impact a young kid's life, save a young kid's life, and if coaching don't work, you still got your teacher certificate. So we really have to measure what, what is my, God, what did you call me to impact? And whatever you call me to impact, put me in that arena. Not in an arena that I want to be in because it makes more money, I'm going to be seen by more people, and, it, and it's going to be more prestigious on my resume. Nah, God, put me in a place that I've been called to, to bring the greatest level of effectiveness and impact and let me work in that, in that arena. Even if that's 20 people versus an opportunity to be in front of 20,000, God put me in front of the 20,000 and in front of the 20 and let me work that 20 versus going before 20,000. And I can't even work 20,000. I'm just telling you for everybody that's listening right now, don't, let, don't get yourself caught up in a lane that's not called, that's not designed for you, that you are not called for, because it will not work. You won't be happy. You won't be fulfilled. You won't be as successful. You won't be effective. Here's the greatest challenge, Coach Chelsea. Right? This is what Satan said to Jesus. Blows my mind. Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Satan shows up, takes Jesus up on the highest mountain, says, look out over the city, says, if you about down to me, you can have all of that. What Satan does is gives Jesus the illusion 
of success and power. Says you got have all of that if you are bowed down to me. Coaches, educators, leaders, here's the system of the enemy, right? To give you the illusion of success and power. So look at this division one job in the SEC. You can have all of that, but you got to sacrifice something for me. Jesus says, nah, I'm good. Then he offers back and says, you know, the truth is, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Here's the blessing and the revelation I got out of that I promise I'm done. Not by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Here's the word for you, leaders. The word is what you've been called to. The promise of what God has given you for what you've been called to. That's your word. That's what you stand on. Not Don't bow down to the Division I opportunity, the NBA NFL opportunity, because it was offered. Because everything that's offered to you is not spiritually in alignment with what God has for you. And I promise you this, Jesus was much more fulfilled in suffrage on the cross than he would have been by taking the city that Satan was offering him. So don't be moved by what the system can offer you. Be moved by what God called you to, the word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord, not bowing down to, some, to a system that'll hold you in captivity. You know, you about to come through this laptop. I'm just thinking right now, something. I'm gonna grab something that's around me, but but that's good. Like I can't, I can't even attach anything, cosine, ad lib to that because that stands alone by itself, and it's a perfect reminder, right, to all of us. You know, I had to end up, you know, tagging a lot of my, you know, family and friends who are uh, in a position of leadership spiritually and in education and all those things. And I think it's so perfect. I think it's matched so well. And so often we can do that. But if we can remember that what we do has to be aligned for Christ. One of the things, uh, one of the coaches, the coach KB, that's often on here, she'll hear me say that I've come to a place in my life, right? I've been through things. I've seen a lot of things. And as I say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, because he's never forsaken me. I've gotten to the place where if God didn't send it, I don't want it. I don't care how it's wrapped. I don't care what bows around it. I don't care if you give it to me in the most golden wrap, pure gold paper. If God says, no ma'am, Chelsea, that's not what I called you for. No ma'am, Chelsea, that's not what I'm telling you to do. No ma'am, Chelsea, that's not what I sent you. I didn't send you that. I don't want it. I've experienced what it feels to be out of alignment with him. I've experienced what it feels like to chase after something that looks good, but he told me it wasn't mine. It wasn't for me. You know, Steve Harvey says often, we are going to be blown away and amazed when we get to heaven. He said, I really do believe this. And when Christ shows us all the things, the untapped potential 
the untapped talents, the untapped blessings that we didn't receive because we wanted to try it our way. That path, the road that was less traveled by, and that brings up that salvation piece that you brought up. When we recognize this is what I wanted for you, you wanted this over here. You wanted yeah. the job title because you thought everybody was going to think better of you. You wanted right. to follow the money. But what I tried to show you was I had something better in store. It's like that meme where Jesus is holding a bear behind his back. And the little girl has the small teddy bear, but what she doesn't see is behind his back. It's this large teddy bear. And she says, but Jesus, I love it. And he says, trust me. I don't know what's behind his back. But what I do know is if it's in God's hands, it's better than anything that I would ever have in my hands. Uh-huh. Wow. Come on now. Yeah. You done got me started today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, as we start to close up, there's a couple of things. There's definitely two things that I have to do to initiate you in the servant leader family. So you don't get those. But you did, of course, mention salvation. And one of the things I never want to do is to, I don't care where I am, what it is, if God is in it and there's an opportunity to mention him, to expose him, to introduce him to somebody that may not know him, we got to take that opportunity. Yeah. Salvation is free, right? My grandpa used to tell me all the time when I played basketball, free throws are free, girl, right? right. It's a regimen and it's a routine. Once you the regimen and the routine is free. You yeah. do it and follow through. Salvation is the same way, right? Once you learn it and understand it, you just have to follow through. It's yours. It's free. I need you to tap into that listener, whether it's right, right now, whether it's on a podcast later, whether it's in the US or any of the 27 countries that this podcast reaches. I need you to take a moment in this Fruit of the Spirit month, in this day of kindness, to just take a moment just as you would in any fashion that the Lord leads you to, to introduce him and just take a moment for that person that may not know him to give them absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For every listener that's listening right now, those that are viewing right now, that are watching us um, as we're live, however you're able to hear this information, the Bible declares to us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So wherever you are and you're able to hear this, I want to say this to you. There's no greater team that you can play for and play on than Team Jesus, greatest servant leader of all time, the greatest undefeated coach of all time, most incredible mentor of all time, the most successful person to ever walk the face of this earth, um, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity today, however that might be, um, whether you want to contact Coach Chelsea or myself via email, through IG, Messenger, Facebook Messenger, IG, DM, however you want to contact us. If you're sitting at home right now, if you're riding in your car, you're landing in the bed, if you're sitting on the couch, wherever you're listening from, you're thinking right now, I'm, I need to be connected to somebody that in the last 24 hours of their life, they chose not money, chose not to go to a basketball game and sit and watch their favorite player play, but they chose to serve and then ultimately gave their life up for you and I that we might have life and life more abundantly. I think that is the team that you should desire to be on. It's the greatest decision I've ever made in my life, and I'm sure others can echo the same, that this is it. This is where it's at. If I could, if I would have known when I was a teenager that this, that it felt this good to be on this team, I would have joined a lot earlier, but God's timing is perfect, and I believe your time is tonight, this morning, whatever 
Um, time is on your end. This is your opportunity. So I want you to think about this. I want you to comment. If that's you in the comment box, if that's if, if you catch us later, I want you to send an email to Coach Chelsea or myself. I want you to send us a message some way through social media. There are many ways to contact us and let us know. Say, hey, listen, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and my Lord and Savior. I'm giving myself away. I'm surrendering it all. And I was I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord. Lord and Savior. This is what you can do. It can start just like this. You can repeat after me these simple words. All you got to do is simply say right now, dear Lord, forgive me of my sins, for I know that by your blood I can be washed clean. Today I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus the Christ died on the cross shed his blood for the sins of this world. But days later, he rose with all power and authority in heaven and on earth. And because I confess this with my mouth and believe it in my heart, I now know and declare that I am saved. If you just repeated that prayer after me, it's simple. That's the very first step. The very first step to this thing is confessing your salvation. That's what you just did. The second thing is, is you got to find an expository Bible teaching church. You need to be somewhere where you can go worship and serve at a church and receive the unadulterated gospel of Jesus the Christ. And thirdly and finally, the Bible says, work out your own soul salvation. You have a personal responsibility to work out your soul salvation. That's simply the ABC of salvation. You confess, and after you confess, you find an expository Bible teaching church. And after you find a church, you serve at that church, and then you work out your own soul salvation. You have a responsibility to follow and obey the orders, decrees, and commandments that God has laid before us and what we consider in our Christian faith, the Bible. So that's that's all that it takes. If you need help with that journey, that's what Coach Chelsea's here for. That's what I'm here for. That's what so many others are here for. Just tap in with us and we'll make sure that we hold your hand on this journey until you're strong enough to grab somebody else's hand and hold their hand as they take the journey. So there it is. It's laid out before you. I hope that you take this opportunity to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, my brother. I definitely wanted to make sure that I do that. Now, there are always, for those that listen to the pod religiously, they know, but there are two final small things we got to do to get you enshrined in the servant leader family. Okay. okay. So it's like you know the Hall of Fame, right? So I'm right, right, right. Code, right. So the first one, I tell people this all the time. It's one of the things that I do to ensure that, you know, just like the storm, storms of life come, that's just going to happen, right? But one of the one things, of the things that, that I do know is the same God that got me through the last storm will get me through my current and future storms. Yes. And so one of the things that I love to do to keep myself knowing that, understanding that, is I'll do what I call as my God is devotion. I'll say God is, and I'll just start writing, writing, writing everything that he is. And what you find is that that pen never stops moving. Wow. Sometimes if I do it mentally and I just get carried away, you'll realize that it never runs out. It's like a never ending well that never runs dry. But today you only get one. You don't get to go through the never ending pen. You only get one. So if I had an imaginary board behind me 
and I said, God is, and I drew a blank. How would servant leader James Earl Cray fill that blank? God is what? All things. Come on here. Come on here. <laughs> God is all things. That's it right there. Yeah. Because I say this to people. There are so many people in our lives that serve a purpose. We just talked about identifying what he's called us to do, right? Mm -hmm. But we serve a God that does all things, that can be all things, that can supply all things. And if that's not security security enough for you, goodness, let me tell you. Because if y'all stop in and listen to me do my God is, y'all are liable to run out of my room or wherever I am. But God is definitely all. Uh (laughs) And of course, servant leader coaches Bible study. Well, we love to talk about sports. We love to get our sports enthusiasts on here because conversations are just good. I'm going to tell you why, because some of the best men and women of Christ that love the Lord, we get the best scenarios because we love sports. It's just the truth. Like, you know, there's a lot of bridging that gap between his word and sports, right? This was a baller. I believe that. Um, So that being said, servant leadership are two words that many people say, it is a lost breed. It is dying breed. People don't know how to serve, but we have to ensure that we teach people how to serve. We can't assume that they've been taught that they know. So servant leadership, two words. I'm on a mission to create the best definition and playbook for those to follow. If I were to say servant leadership, and I asked you to define that in your way, how would servant leader James Earl Cray define servant leadership? Um, I would define servant leadership as inspiring others above yourself servant leader is someone who inspires others above yourself you give up yourself to inspire others i like that and i tell people there that's that main difference between plain leadership and servant leadership Mm -hmm. this has been such an amazing hour just hearing your word and your message from Christ. If some of you all kind of tapped in a little bit later, I'm telling you right now, when <laughs> it ends, you better rewind back. Or when we put them up on the pod, you better make sure you go listen to them. One of the places that I want you to find him and God got, got this thing carried away, but Great Mornings Podcast. You can catch him on all of your podcast platforms. I'm telling you right now, he's bad. I'm going to give you a chance to tell them on social media where to find you for some good pick-me-ups and just some just good content, just a great brother to follow. Let them know where to follow you, please. Listen, I appreciate it so much, Coach Chelsea. This has been an honor. I mean, been amazing. So listen, I want all you to go follow me. You can follow me on Facebook, James Earl Cray, or you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at J underscore Earl underscore Cray. That's J underscore E-A-R-L underscore C-R-A-Y. And then make sure you check out the Great Ones podcast. Every Tuesday, we're dropping. We're back. Back in season right now. We had our first um, new season episode last week. And uh, we'll be having an episode, episode dropping every Tuesday. So I want y'all to go check out Great Ones podcast. That's on Spotify. That's on Apple Podcasts. On every podcast platform, um, we're there. So go check us out. Go check me out. Follow me on social media. Support what we're doing. Um, I believe God is doing a wonderful thing through the things that God has allowed me to put my hands in. So I'm so honored and 
I'm so blessed to be able to be a servant leader. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And that is what you are. It's been amazing, guys. He, he spoke on kindness today. I'm telling you right now, it was a message truly for all of us to follow. Again, if you missed it, when we get off today, go back and rewind, I promise you, and take down the acronym kindness uh, for your personal study book. Uh, it's going to bless you. It's going to be amazing. Before we get out of here and before I allow you to pray to close us out, I want you guys to please tap in also on Wednesday. Uh, that is coming up, of course, on the pod. The days may be a, a little bit different before our live listeners. We have Pastor Derek McGee Sr. out of Tallahassee, Florida, the servant. He's a pastor. He's so many different things. But I'm telling you right now, if you enjoy the, the, this servant of God, James Earl Cray, I'm telling you right now, he's going to come right on in on Wednesday, all right, and give us a message of peace. So we thank you guys for listening to us. Pastor Cray, if you can give us a, a prayer before we get out of the day. God, we thank you for just being an amazing God. Thank you for all the things that you are. Thank you, God, for being all things. I pray specifically that this podcast, that this live, that the work um, at the hands of Coach Chelsea, that God, you just exploded in the most positive way that um, numbers will just blow our mind, that souls being impacted, that lives being transformed, those being saved, God, will be as a result of the work that she's putting in right now. I pray over it, God, and I speak to it right now. Life, speak to every listener that's listening, God, that's dealing with an ailment, dealing with struggle, dealing with trial and tribulation, God, that they will just rejoice now as your word declares. And in the midst of trial and tribulation, God, that they will find joy and peace in who you are, understanding that if they keep their mind stayed on you, you will keep it in perfect peace. God, I thank you right now for the direction that life is going for all of us, God, that one day, God, you will wrap it all together and it'll make sense as Romans 8 and 28 told us that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord that are called according to your purpose. And we stand on that and place our feet 10 toes down on that and trusting in you for being who you are, God. We love you. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my brother. Thank you so, so much again. I know we're going to be in contact. I'm telling you right now, as we're in a culture sure. that I think that people are doing a great job of giving flowers. You bless my life on Tuesdays. If I can't catch them on Tuesdays, I'm definitely listening and you're on my playlist, but just the man of God that you are. I appreciate you. The humility exudes through you like none other that I've ever seen. And you are wow. like, truly just direct your paths as he asked. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome you into the servant leader family. Come on in, put your coat on, take your shoes off, stay a little bit. But this, this lengthening of God's servant leaders joining these ranks is only allowing his word to continue to maneuver to make us better. So I thank you. I welcome you. I appreciate you for just being a word today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I <laughs> Absolutely. To all our listeners now, we thank you guys for listening. If there's anything we can ever do, all you have to reach out, do is reach out and we'll see you guys next time.